Brandon. Hey, Alan. And welcome to Dice Over Everything. So, you know the saying that if you don't have anything to good, good to say, don't say it? Yes, I've heard other people say that before. Yeah, well, apparently we're not gonna <laughs> we're not gonna adhere to that. Whatever that. Yeah, those is. guys are stupid. Why would you ever say that? Of course, you should say it to their face. Yeah, exactly. Why would you hide that kind of stuff yeah. inside? Some, some then it'll just fester and get worse and worse until you be maybe you become what you what dislike you so much. Mm. Yes, exactly. Okay, so we so we should say all those terrible yeah, things so and get them I out there. Some sometimes you just need to vent, let mm-hmm. things out, and you don't want to like spread it to everyone. But you know, we're in in a you know a, a, a clo- close closed space, so you know you and I we can just talk about these things, vent a little bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So today uh, we're going to be talking about some uh, gamer stereotypes. And most of them might not be the best thing to say, but some, there are some good. Th- I think I've got one good one on my list of mm-hmm. stereotypical like gamer and what would you call them? Just cliche? No, yeah, like, yeah, sure, sure, cliche stereotypes. The stereotype of yeah, what yeah. types of gamers there are. Yeah, and and I'm gonna say uh, first, uh, I I love every single person that we play with. So these oh. stereotypes totally don't apply to any of those people. Yeah. Totally not. I'm just saying no. it's totally divorced from any kind of thing. This hey, is just the you've, stereotypes you you've, want to You've about. shunned all those people. I just <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, if you play with me, you're not one of these stereotypes or not that bad <laughs> of it. <laughs> yeah, you might be a combination of some of them in some small quantities. Yeah, yeah. Like technically everyone is like that. Yeah. Right? You know. So how about I start off on a good one? Okay. Well, and, okay. Sure. And, and I'll then, end on a good one. Uh-huh. Maybe unless I unless I steal the only good oh, type. Oh, that's out true. There. All right. So I guess we've got to give sort of names to all of these. So I'd call this first one the cheerleader. Oh, okay. It's different than than mine. Oh, good. Than I haven't stolen. We can we can have two yeah. positives in here. All that's right. Good. Awesome. So I would describe the cheerleader as the guy or girl who really like encourages everybody to come out there, like play this certain game. They're just like. They're really happy-go-lucky about wanting to play the game and getting mm. other people into it and organizing getting like times excited, to do it. Yeah, yeah, and they and help and yeah. they help like get everybody else excited. Yeah, these are are the most important people probably in your your group. Mm-hmm. Like oftentimes, there's the person that actually organizes like the actual days and whatever. But in some ways, they're less important than the cheerleader. Yeah, because the cheerleader is the one that you know that's the person that incentivizes that it gets everyone hyped, and then everyone else can come in. Like technically, if you don't have any one leader, the group can kind of. If there's do enough that. people with some hype to them, yeah, they can you keep need it going. Your group but... to be hyped and excited yes. to get people in and to, to mm-hmm. encourage and to, to uh, bring in new people or get uh, so that, or or just have. Whenever you're at in, in a meeting or something like that, have someone who is um, getting everyone excited so that they they want to come back on another day, right? And I feel like, um, yeah. What else do you want to say? About it? Well, especially if you've got a small group, like uh-huh. if you have a big enough group, there's like enough momentum from everybody and yeah. their bit of enthusiasm to mm-hmm. keep things going but if you've yeah. got a really small group for your game yeah. it really takes someone with way more enthusiasm to yeah. who just to loves keep... it and mm-hmm. maybe they don't actually love it as much as they put on but mm-hmm. <laughs> but they put in the effort yeah oftentimes just to make it see to, to to make it hype so that people actually want to stay like engage with the community mm-hmm. yeah yeah everyone loves cheerleaders Right? Yeah, unless they're cheerleading <laughs> for the game that you don't like, and you're like, "Oh, you keep taking my people." Uh, yeah. Well, that could pro- probably be end up ending up on 
on another stereotype that we could talk about. Oh, I might not. I might not have one. this. I might I, not have this not, one not written down. I, but you know this. So, so you're saying that we turned a good, mm-hmm. a good stereotype of this cheerleader, the cheerleader, uh-huh. into a possibly bad one if they're the enemy cheerleader and attracting all the people that you want to play on your game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's 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 terrible. That's how war start. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So now onto the onto some bad ones. I've already gone. Oh, yeah? I've do, gone do for... you don't want to talk anymore about the cheerleader? What? How? But what makes? Hmm. How about how about? Okay, so we we're going through and we, we mm-hmm. acknowledge that this is a stereotype, right? Yep. So, and we've talked a little bit about how it actually applies to, you know, for real people, right? Like, no one is going to always be super happy and engaged, right? Okay, yeah, I guess we could talk more about the cheerleader. Usually they might not even be the best player for the game. Yes, that's one thing I wanted to say. Not mm-hmm. necessarily the best player, not, they don't necessarily know, like, all the rules from front to back, right? Sometimes they'll ask questions, but... It's just that excitement, that kind of engagement that they get with everyone mm-hmm. that uh, is important. Like, it's so important to have a community. And it's literally not just miniatures. It's literally any community that you're trying to build. You need those people that are enthusiastic to bring people in, like in a hobby sense, right? Different communities have different kind of things. But in terms of a hobbies, we're all here just to have fun, right? The entire idea of the community is to have fun, engage, socialize. That's why the cheerleader is so important in the, that kind of context, because that's it directly getting people to engage and have fun. Yep. Yeah. Okay. I don't know how much more you need for that stereo. Yeah, yeah. I just wanted to mention. Yeah, I like the fact that we mentioned that sometimes they suck at the game. Yeah, yeah no, no, I, I, I thought that's what the part you wanted mentioned. Yeah. 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 Usually they're not the best player at the game, which is fine, because. Yeah. Yeah. Being the best player and then like encouraging people to come and then crushing them into the dust <laughs> doesn't always combine as the yeah. two best skills. Yeah, all right. So, so so this is like the ideal that I think a lot of people want to do. And of course in real life, like you said, it's often it's not just one person, right? It's everyone puts in a little bit of a thing, but mm-hmm. this is definitely one of those positive things that you want to lean into. All right. Yes, because now let's get to the. So neither of us are that. Are, we are just super we just do it because we know how valuable it is. Yeah, that's what I was saying. Like sometimes mm-hmm. they might seem like they're super into it and whatever, but maybe they're they're putting in the effort to to punch things up specifically to get people into the game. They're right, mm-hmm. like an actual cheerleader. Yeah, they're paid, <laughs> or they're not, not paid that much. But like no. at, in school or whatever, they're not. You know that their idea, they they know that what they're doing is to mm-hmm. make people more pumped. Well, yeah, and and it's they not just the, that they're super enthusiastic. And they usually have the type of personality just to start yeah. with, where they're just like, yeah. they they like being the center of attention. It's often part of uh, yeah, it can. Well, maybe not that they uh, like. Now we're bringing just, into like the negative portion, but yeah, sometimes it can go with being a center of attention. Attention. Yeah, that's on. it's just sort of one of the personality traits that goes along with. I don't think it necessarily it is for, for cheerleaders. Mm-hmm. I think I think it can be, yeah. but I, I think the 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 key to like the person like a, a, a an attention whore and a cheerleader mm-hmm. is uh, being outgoing. It's yep. very very hard to be super enthusiastic and and in in terms of other people telling that you're super enthusiastic if you are. Uh, an introvert and you're, you don't try to engage with other people, right? Because how are they even going to know you love this game if you're yeah. not talking to them? And your motivation's way lower exactly. if you just want to hide yeah. in your basement playing video games. Exactly. So uh, I think that's the thing that the links in. Of course, if you want to be, a, if you're an attention whore, you are also super outgoing and you're constantly engaging with people. And mm-hmm. I think 
of course those two things can come together, but I think that that's the key, right? So I don't think you have to be an attention whore uh, to uh, be a good cheerleader. Yeah, it just Do kind of... All right, so I guess we're already going into it. One or another stereotype... All right, let's cross <laughs> I think that attention off. whore is actually just a generic world-like thing, so let's let's avoid that as a stereotype. Yeah, it's not a stereotype, it's just... Oh, it's definitely a stereotype of someone that's... Uh, yeah. But, but we're gonna... It's not really specific to gamers. It doesn't circles. really fit... Yeah, because gamers yeah. aren't that type of... If you really wanted attention, you wouldn't be in a basement <laughs> playing Mattress. So let's just, let's just okay. be honest here. Yeah, so yeah, I don't, yeah, I don't think that's even a stereotype. That's more of a societal thing. Yes. Yeah. All right. And it's... It, you could even say it's... It avoids gamers. It, it's pro... It's a less... A very unusual one to find amongst gamers. You find a lot more on the internet now, though, with... Um, uh, online, YouTubers there's a lot of attention horror YouTubers. Yeah, mm-hmm. where they're like introvert extroverts, also where they want a lot of attention, but they don't want to go out, and they're like, I don't know, I don't know, they get anxiety from seeing people in person. So then, having that, they can you can get the attention at arm's length, but mm-hmm. then of course if you do it too long, basically you have all these arm's length people that believe that they know you like you're like you're their best friend, which makes this weird dynamic where they're. They're at arm's length, but in some ways you have to treat them like they're not. But they're literally a whole bunch of strangers that think that you're your best friends. Which is why so it actually becomes very weird and toxic. I've been looking at a lot of this. I've been listening to a lot of interviews and 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 articles about mm-hmm. how YouTuber life is not as glamorous <laughs> as it seems at first. If you ever thought it was. Okay, so we're gonna change our names on later podcasts. Go oh ahead. yeah, yeah, yeah. We already changed them. Yeah, Brian. <laughs> Okay. Adam? <laughs> yes. <laughs> All right. All right. I went for one. Do you want to go for another? You've got lots. Okay. Um, so this is one. This is, this is the, the kind of person, right? This is the meat of the topic. These are negative stereotypes now we're into. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. And this is the one that kind of uh, got us thinking are, about Are, are we going to go for the biggest one? What? Or are we going to... I don't know what you consider the biggest one is. Okay. Well, whatever. It doesn't matter. Actually, right. there's lots. Yeah, there's a lot Just of... Just go for like, any of them. Go for one. Right. So, um, this one is in, like, all sorts of gaming. Uh, it's called the tryhard. I'm holding up the card, <laughs> and there we go. Yeah, so... We, we basically wrote down our ideas on cards and didn't yeah, show them to each other, yeah, and yeah. the first word on my card, he nailed. Yeah, so this is, like, the type of person that tries way too hard and cares, like... Again, we talked about the, the fact that, in general, the our gaming hobby... Is about just having fun, right? This is not a job where, like, a competitive job where you make more money. The it's, better you do at the game. Yeah, it's, it's not a casino game where the <laughs> only goal is to win in just straight dollars. Well, if you're trying to win in straight dollars in a casino, you you're going to be disappointed. You shouldn't go. You should listen to our previous topic on, like, uh, stats yeah, yeah, and exactly. math and games and then realize you shouldn't go to the casino. Yeah, so because of that, uh, it's even worse when someone just like only cares about you know doing super well and winning and these these kind of things, and they overemphasize that over the happiness of the people around them and also often themselves, right? Yep. So this is the kind of thing where like if you're like we're playing games, right? The point of a game is to have fun, and of course one of the ways you can have fun is get better at the game, but. You have to have priorities, right? Everyone wants to win, mm-hmm. right? That's definitely important, especially in a game to make it fun in, in our context, right? But you got to prioritize things. And so fun should be on the top, and right? So, and 
winning has got to be below that. And usually, if you have a bunch of cool guys, mm-hmm. then uh, those are not going to be in competition. But that's not so with a tryhard. <laughs> because no. they've elevated. They've kind of forgotten the fun part. And it's like they're in their, their what do you call it, their like, win-at-all-costs mode, where, where they, they focus so hard on this one goal of winning that everything else falls to the wayside. All their like player etiquette, all their choices of models they buy. Yeah. Sometimes mm-hmm. even playing fair. Ah, yes. Oh, and especially if you're playing a game that that involves. Um... So hmm, that's interesting. You could would you divide the cheater away from the tryhard? Hmm. Yeah. Oftentimes, I, you're, you're right. You know. I what? didn't even write down the cheater as one, but unfortunately, like. I, you know what? I'm. I think I. I think I pushed too hard. Tryhards are definitely can definitely be very toxic. Mm-hmm. But they're not necessarily cheaters. No, that's that. I would say that's a different stereotype. Yep. Yeah. But related. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. Anything else about these kind of things? And this is the way that the context that we think about tryhards, mm-hmm. right? I'm sure you know if you play video games or you have a different community and you call a tryhard something different, you are also correct. But not to me. I think you're wrong. This is my definition well, of tryhard. Yeah, well, I think certain games like. It's good that there's lots of games out there because mm-hmm. certain games more fit the desires of the tryhard. Where if you've got mm-hmm. really like tight mechanics and all that, mm-hmm. like so often you'll probably just more the tryhards will just go play video games where they'll mm-hmm. be able to like exercise their crushing of other people without any social mm-hmm. ramifications. Mm-hmm. So maybe miniature games now have less of them, but they are mm-hmm. still because there's an easier avenue to try really really hard yeah, and ignore fun. Yeah, the like that can just be the focus of the game, just being the leadest of them all. Yeah, it's not about like there's no artistic element to the video games other than just like staring at the cool art that somebody else drew. Yeah, like all the fluff. And of it. there's also mm-hmm. a sports. There's there's come into being a real sports. Uh, what do you call it? Look, like there's, there's ladders. And, the ladders are really easy to establish. Like, a and there's money mm-hmm. on the top levels for a lot of these games now. Yeah. So there's like you you could but, argue that's if for you're playing tiny, video games. That's for a tiny fraction, but if you can just yeah. say you're like I'm in the top ten thousand worldwide yeah. for whatever game, you're like yeah. whoa. It's weird because I've seen online like so because of of uh, of uh, I don't know. I've just been watching a lot of YouTube videos mm-hmm. um, about gamers, especially video game player players, right? Because no one is going out and doing anything else. So, um, it's interesting when I see the responses of some people that are like, I started, because of that, I started reading about the actual programmer scene. And there are certain guys that are apparently super toxic, but really good at the game. Mm-hmm. And I guess it's just like sports, right? The There's these, I guess, what you would call quote-unquote fans of these these players mm-hmm. who, who are like, who excuse... The terrible behavior of these players because they're so good. Like, there's apparently this one sports gamer in, in League of Legends who is like terrible to play with, mm-hmm. right? He's like a big ass tryhard, like a kind of an asshole kind of thing, right? And pisses off everyone around him. But he's really good at the game. But don't you need your team to win in yes. League? Yes. Yes. That seems counterproductive, really yeah. though. But he's, well, he likes some people, I guess, as long as you're doing what he expects you to do, I guess, or something like that. Mm-hmm. So he basically rages a lot. And I assume as he got older, you know, these are also young people, right? 
So as they get older, he probably balances out a little bit more. But it was interesting just to see the fans who are more okay with this guy mm-hmm. being a jerk because they're like, oh well, in his defense, you know, he's really good, and you know, they're not doing, they're not helping him win. I'm like, wow, this is mm-hmm. at a professional level. Apparently, it doesn't matter if you're a good person or if you're, you have good sportsmanship. It just matters whether you win, apparently. Yeah. And it's weird that, I don't know, that just seemed weird to me because, you know, us growing up, there was no sports video games, right? There was no, like, money to be made. So to us, video games is just fun. No, right? like you would And also showing that you're better than another person, but in a, like, a jokey kind of mm-hmm. fun competitive way, right? Yeah, like, you'd have to we go... We all knew that, like... If okay, there was a competition yeah. when we were really young, you'd literally have to, like, go to some place where they set up a bunch of game consoles mm-hmm. with a bunch of controllers. We're not that young. We've on online. Counter-Strike. Oh, yeah, there's that. As teenagers. Yes. But you're right, as children. As, like, really young children, like, that didn't exist. Yeah. Unless you, like, went somewhere and your parents yeah. took you somewhere. So mm-hmm. we weren't... That wasn't necessarily bred into us from our, our first game controller we picked up. That's true. A lot of our first games, though, were not competitive. No... Did you ever no. play Pong? No. Not really. They were just single-player games. because Yeah, like Mario. Then there was Mario Kart, which became... That was so good. Which became mm-hmm. competitive and it was super fun. Yeah, yeah exactly. They're yeah. still competitive. Yeah. Is it interesting that as we got older, we kind of... This is one of those things that I feel like inflicts a lot of younger people. Because I guess before you go and work and you may have to make your own money... Mm-hmm. Um, you you have to attach how good you are and your value uh, at, at, in society to other things, right? Yep. I'm not saying it's healthy to attach your your value in life to money, but most people have a, at least a little bit attached to that, that mm-hmm. right? And so they kind of, by, by doing that, by, by like living in the real world and seeing what actually helps you survive, you kind of realize that games are not that important in the context of your life. Mm-hmm. So being because good you, at them because you have too much else going on. Yeah, and you're start, you start getting you worried. You can even about... cut out the games, and your life will go, go on, and mm-hmm. it won't be super different, right? So um, you probably just pick up a different hobby. Uh, so um, as a older person, in general, people, you know, just kind of. Your identity, where, yeah, exactly. your identity, identity isn't quite get... as based on How the games you, you play. Because when you're yeah. young, like yeah, school's not, not as big of a deal. Like you're you're stuck at like you've got school, yeah. but you're forced to go to school, so you're like you're not really gonna focus. Some oh, people, on, we're a bunch of nerds. We oh yeah, we were nerds. We did that. At school, but you don't yeah. like, like a lot of people wouldn't. They'd be yeah. like, I just go here because I have to. Yeah, and then this is the thing that they're really into, so they want to be really good at it, and so you start. You you can accidentally attach way too much of your own uh, self-worth mm-hmm. to how good you are at the game and I think this is one of those problems as a, as a young person because you don't have that context of what it takes to survive in the real world and what I guess most people value mm-hmm. you end up overvaluing the thing that you really care about so yeah I w- and I say you but I really mean I did <laughs> as a young person I definitely cared more about how good uh, I was at games the young the younger I was, right? Especially before I had like a full-time job or whatever. Oh yeah, even would, even with part-time jobs in high school. Oh yeah, I would literally train at Counter Strike. I'm like, no, I'm not playing to win now. I'm just actually training at Counter Strike currently to do certain things. With I'm just gonna use the pistol now yeah. to get better with the pistol, so I can just, be awesome. Just for like right? the late game, if I'm wanting like things get ugly, I just gotta train mm-hmm. this part more. I can't just train having the best weapons. I gotta train with like the crappy weapons, mm-hmm. so that when I get into a bind, I can still like kick ass. 
and then I can be like, I'm so awesome. Yeah, because the players, <laughs> maybe the players in that server are kind of weak. So, you know, there's <laughs> no so point. I just want to look more awesome. I want to flex. Oh, shit. Yeah, you reminded me about that part. Yeah. yeah so, like, basically, just... what we're saying is that we shit. were tryhards, definitely. <laughs> and it's fine. Mm-hmm. We're, we, like, just, you got to grow out of it. That's all. So, yeah, on the note of that discussion, I think that... And you can. You can grow out of it. It's not a big deal. Like, it is a big deal at the time because... It's actually indirectly a big deal. You can try really hard, and and, and of course we still try to win, right? Mm-hmm. But we all, if there's any kind of, um, what do you call it? Any kind of uh, of priorities? Uh, sorry, uh, you have to choose between the priorities of fun or winning. Mm-hmm. We always choose. Well, we always try to choose the one that keeps everyone more happy and fun, mm-hmm. right? And that's really the thing that. We, you need to keep in mind, right? That's It's not bad to try as hard as you can. No. It's actually good in mm-hmm. many contexts. Yes. Yeah. So on that, on the note of the previous part of the discussion, uh-huh. I think that you find more of those try-hard players amongst younger players. Yeah. Because as you said, they kind of grow out of them. Yeah. So you kind of cut those guys a bit more slack than the older players who... Oh, yeah, definitely. Like, the older players, once they're into their, like, almost 50s and they're doing that, you're like... Oh, my God. Something's, something's yeah, gone wrong like, with this guy. How do you not... And, and it's, it's also more forgivable if they're self-aware. But we have met people who are not even self-aware of mm-hmm. how terrible they are and, and become toxic. Yeah. Right? That, that's also part of it. If they're aware, they're just like, yeah, I really want to win. You're like, okay, yeah. fine. Well, I'll, they're I'll aware. And usually, if, if they're aware afterwards, they, they'll realize that they pushed it, right? Mm-hmm. Where they were doing something, I don't know, super being super stickler for whatever rules and, and using all of the, like, the technically correct way, like mm-hmm. try to catch you and all these kind of things. Yeah, or just wasting way too much time coming up with like the, every possible plan while you both just sit there with nothing happening. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, with with the fun kind of leaking out of the game. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Yeah, that's enough on that one. Yeah. That's that's one of the big ones, so it needed a big All right. coverage. Yeah. So what's another one you got? I'm just gonna go right down the list. All right. I don't li- I don't like to have to say this one, but the the mopey gamer. Oh, Eeyore. Yes, him. Okay. Everything is sadness Let's- to him. <laughs> I think if everything is sadness all the time, it's almost not as bad. The worst part of about some Eeyores mm-hmm. is they start off happy and then quickly and then, and then devolve into Eeyores. Yes. Right? So it's almost if they start off kind of like if they have down, no hope to begin with, in some ways it's it's not as bad. It's mm-hmm. like the change in sadness makes it extra hard on everyone around them. Yes. And cuz then it's like oh, they're yeah. blaming you for making them sad. But if they start off sad, oftentimes not your... they're not really. But they're like, it is. It is. They I can get... see why it's a little bit touchy because mm-hmm. they beat themselves up more than they beat up anyone else. Yeah. So you could say, and it's not that you weren't a fun opponent or you weren't playing yeah. in like a respectable way. Mm-hmm. It's just that they immediately lose all hope in themselves. Yeah, <laughs> and and this is one of those things. It's like Eeyore, you feel a little bit sad for him. Usually you feel like quite a bit, but like, come on, there's there's got to be limits, right? And of course, there are certain reasons. If if some some people are, are you know depressed or whatever, that's mm-hmm. understandable. But like, if you're not, <laughs> mm-hmm. sometimes it just takes like a a, a, a just a change in um, 
mindset, mm-hmm. right? Where they take this, this the the game, and oftentimes an, an issue is um, going back to statistics is if if they don't understand statistics and they're and often bad at the game, mm-hmm. right? Then that means like if you're all, always losing, right, and you don't even know why you're losing, and you you can't even understand that the odds were against you mm-hmm. then it does seem in some ways that everything is always against you and then if you're just bad at if you just don't understand statistics and, and that kind of stuff mm-hmm. every game you pick up you're going to lose that and you don't know why and it seems like it's equal but your luck is against you right yep. and I feel like this is one of those things that really like for like one of the ways you could be an Eeyore that you could fix Right? Yeah, if, if you don't you are, if you don't see the way you're playing the game isn't is isn't the, actually like optimal in any yeah. way. Yeah. You're going you're just like kicking yourself in the nuts. Yeah. And of course it's gonna hurt. Yeah. So if you if you basically you expect to be like, Oh, I should be winning fifty percent of the time, like and, and no one has the heart to tell you, no, you just suck at this game. Man. It's like you're in the bottom ten you're in the bottom twenty percent of the players. <laughs> so yeah. you're going to win less than 20% of the time because <laughs> yes. actually if you're in the bottom 20% then you get you win 50-50 against someone who's also in the bottom 20% yeah I don't want to do the stats on that but it's not it's not good let's put it this way yeah so that's one of those things if you are the the person you always seem sad and you always like show up to the game and you think oh you know they're often hyped because they might have painted something and like an Eeyore gamer it's one of those things where oftentimes they're they're not always like an Eeyore Right? They're like if they're doing painting or whatever. Mm-hmm. There's parts of the game they're enthusiastic yeah. about, but they're when it good. comes which to... is otherwise, like if you're always Eeyore, generally you'll just quit the game. If everything you about the game makes you sad, most people are not going to be like Eeyore and stick around. Mm-hmm. Although technically the reason why he stuck around is because he he moped around a lot, but he actually liked their company. So, so maybe it's the same thing. Yep. They're, oh my god. They, they can arrive because of that. You know what? That's that's fine. No, mm-hmm. everyone needs company. Even if if, if yeah. they still appreciate your company, but they're sad yeah, yeah. about the game, you're like, ah, well, at least they like me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So if you have an Eeyore, you mm-hmm. should also try to be more forgiving to to these Eeyores. And and what do you think about like, oftentimes when you talk to an Eeyore, because they're so stuck into their like viewpoint, right? If if they weren't, then right. I'm just saying certain certain people like this. Mm-hmm. Um, Sometimes it's very hard to convince them how to change to make things better. So how do you think you we could you can manage that, or can you just not manage that and you just gotta accept it? You have to push some hard truths at them sometimes, and people don't like hard truths yeah. being shoved in their face. So I don't see a direct. You gotta work on it over time, of kind of thing. Vid. You gotta be like Pooh Bear, and slowly over time cheer up Eeyore. That. That does appear to be the only way that works. All right. So if you and can... You, and you usually take it slightly easier on them because mm-hmm. you don't even need to yeah. crush them because they'll mostly yeah. crush themselves. <laughs> one bad thing will, will will happen. They seem to be doing well. Yeah. And then one bad thing happens and it's like um, they're almost expecting that because mm-hmm. to turn around and like lose the game, they're like, oh, it's happening again. Mm-hmm. I guess I'm going to lose. And you're like... You literally lost one guy. Half my army is gone. I think you can still pull it out. Nope. Uh, this is how it always happens. Mm-hmm. Oh, well. I'm going to screw it up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> when, right. when you make it sound like you are, it doesn't sound as bad about 
<laughs> whatever. And of course, not everyone is like fully like this, right? This is again stereotypes. This is just a yeah, just a. It's, it's know, extreme version of the stereotype. Yes. Yeah. yeah, people have facets of this. Yeah. All right. Anything else about Eeyore? No, we got them. No, we talked about like, I guess how to deal with the people is right. part of each aspect, and we covered that as nicely as we could. Okay. Okay, I'm gonna do one that is also, you know, I feel a little bit, um, a little bit bad. A little judgmental. A little bit judgmental because this person is not actually necessarily. Are they negative? Let me just say, so it's it's the shy guy. Oh, okay, yeah. That's yeah. that's as we said, the extremely outgoing guy, probably not in the basement of the game store. <laughs> the extremely shy guy, though, yes. Yeah, and this is you know what? This is not. This is this is more like I, I want to mention this one. It's not like they're they're terrible people, right? They're just like super super shy. Don't want to talk with other people. Uh, try and avoid things. Don't don't stick ar- around because you know they're they're shy. They're worried about. Um, they don't want to assert. Think. They don't want to assert their presence as part yes, of the group. Yes, exactly. Yeah. And and of course, this is hard, especially if you have a small group, because mm-hmm. you want to bring your group, make make your group have a presence, so that other people can be can see you and get attracted to your group, right? Yep. But if you, so so, if your if your group is a bunch of very very shy people, right, or you yourself are very mm, shy, then this yep. is a very big uh, problem to grow your group. Um, and I'm not. This is not a really a judgmental thing. Like more, I want to mention this only in the ways that you can either help people that are super shy, the shy guy. Like I think we all know what the, the shy guy is, right? In fact, a lot of us are. And again, this is this is like this is like the tryhard. I've, I've been very shy, right? Before I kind of you know I'm pretty old now, so I'm not that shy. But mm-hmm. like when I was younger, I was definitely very timid about approaching other people and talking with them, right? So I totally understand it, and I'm very sympathetic to this totally gamer stereotype. And you can see the, the super negative way. Like I could have said way more negative things about the shy guy <laughs> instead of calling him shy guy, right? Uh-huh. But <laughs> but because I was this guy before, I'm very nice. I'm just saying it's a shy guy. Mm-hmm. So um, so this so this is one of those things, right? Like like I said, this can be very negative impact on growing your group, and I think. You know, we're all even the shy guy is, is often like wants to socialize, right? Yeah, I was even more thinking when you mentioned the shy guy stereotype as the person who's outside of the group being hard to get in. But yeah, the yes. whole thing you mentioned that if the group That's is right. the shy guys, it makes the whole thing even more difficult. Oh my god. Yeah, you're right. Now, the other thing on the other side is if not you're how, not part of the group and you're the shy guy and they literally are hovering around and, the community wanting to join and the, but you don't they don't have the courage to go and approach the group. Mm-hmm. Which is a problem. So how do you deal with that? Basically, if people show any interest in the thing, you have to be pretty supportive of it. Yeah, you got to be the care. cheerleader, right? Mm-hmm. You got to go out there, and and this is one of those things. Whenever we see like uh, in Infinity, right? Mm-hmm. When I see someone even checking the game out, even checking the game out, showing even a, a modicum of, of of interest, I turn around and I engage them, mm-hmm. right? I try to, right? And the reason why is because I. Like, you know, oftentimes they really are just, just checking it out. They're just oh, they're just interested mm-hmm. and and they're just passing by, right? But sometimes they really and are the person they just don't want to approach you, right? They're a little bit afraid of of approaching and talking to you, 
And so yeah, they're they're afraid they're interfering in your yeah. your super intense game. <laughs> Sometimes it is. Yes. Actually, yeah, yeah, totally. If it is super intense, I do yeah, actually exactly. ignore people. Yeah, so but. this is one of those things. If you want to like help those people get into your group, right, uh, and get comfortable with with the group, you, you have to kind of push push through that and and be proactive, right? Understand that you know we have a lot of shy guys in our communities, and we we need to help help get over that right by engaging them directly if you're the person that's not super shy or if you're the person that knows you're shy you can work on it and try and force yourself Mm -hmm. to engage with the person and and sometimes even if they are just a random person that's walking by and they're not shy uh that could even work themselves right because once you engage with the person you might be able to introduce the game so there's like no downsides or you might want to know what games they're playing because maybe you want to play them yeah exactly right so so there's no issues with with engaging people helping those people get in and then mm-hmm. so and yeah so to help help the shy guys that are satelliting your your gaming group right yes. and usually if, the, if there are some weird people out there that they're not, they're not even a stereotype that's just of gamer they're just sort of the people who don't know boundaries but um, usually they're they that's usually, not shy guy though no usually that, the shy guy knows he knows there are boundaries. boundaries that's yeah. why they're afraid mm-hmm. to to like overstep boundaries, right? Yep. But, yes, there's very few people. There's there are very very few people I found that like overstep the boundaries. Mm-hmm. So usually don't worry about that. Uh, I feel but like you're inviting them in. In our in gaming groups, this is another stereotype, but like we are all have more boundaries than the average person, <laughs> or like mm-hmm. we all have a little bit a bunch of hangups, or like everyone is like extra careful about <laughs> about that mm-hmm. not everyone but like a lot of people so yeah so um yeah but okay so that's that's if if you're trying to bring the shy people into your group mm-hmm. how about if you are a shy person uh how do you overcome that or how do you help build your group or community if you're a shy guy uh, so i think we almost talked about that in the part about the cheerleader that basically mm-hmm. so you fake you, it till you make it well yeah a little bit of that plus that everybody's just got to put a little bit of effort in because there's not going to be mm-hmm. the, the one person with yeah with the go yeah, get him attitude like two shy guys or three shy guys mm-hmm. or even just one shy guy you've yeah. all got to pull a little bit of weight yeah you've all got to pull like 20 yeah. pounds each don't don't yeah. try and lift the full hundred just yeah like or well if you're the only guy you kind of you kind of got to yeah. You gotta lift the entire bag mm-hmm. and try it. And and one of those things that you can help is like, don't try and do it all the time, right? Like if you're if you're going to the gaming community community, right? Uh, and you're trying to find you know attract other people, right? Mm-hmm. Um, don't feel like you have to be on the entire time, like three hours, right? Because for a lot of people, especially introverts, it, it's very draining to get out of your comfort zone to go and engage new people. Right? Mm-hmm. Especially so for long durations. Yeah, exactly. So do it in short spurts, right? Mm-hmm. Take like if you see three people who pass by, try every time to just just engage one, one 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 every let's say session, right? Mm-hmm. And then as you get more comfortable, hopefully, it becomes more of a thing. You get more comfortable, and you basically it's like training. Fake it, fake it till you make it. You get over that shyness at least in this context. And mm-hmm. you might be shy in every other context, but in this context of inviting someone to try out your game or or to ask them if they're interested the more practice you get the easier it is and then eventually hopefully you can talk to all three people who pass by mm-hmm. also paint your models yeah because then people <laughs> will actually want to look at what you're doing when they pass yes. by yeah 
you yeah it's it's easier like this is one of those things with the miniature and games. they won't judge you, you as hard yeah exactly okay yeah. i won't judge you as hard <laughs> <laughs> yeah but but the, the the thing is because of the games right because they're they're looking at your models yep. you don't have to worry about them looking at you directly mm-hmm. right so you so you kind of are deflecting the attention onto your models and the game as opposed to yourself and for at least for me mm-hmm. it makes it a lot easier on constantly worrying about whether they're judging how my hair looks mm-hmm. also i just ended up giving up on my my hair and, and just shaving it off uh-huh. although i'm growing it out now all right so yeah i guess i, I guess i'm not a shy guy anymore uh-huh. okay. things have well, changed well, it only took like <laughs> many many years all right so do you want me to go for another one yeah yeah let's do another one do you, something closer to you okay oh, oh awesome I... super cool sexy how, beast how about how about special Special. The special. Special snowflake. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even need to finish oh, it. Oh yeah, yeah. I am totally the kind of person that wants to be a special snowflake, and I'm almost not apologetic for it. Exactly. So why don't do you so, want me to explain what I think I am, or you, no? You you explain it. You explain oh, what you oh, think I am. Oh no! no I'll <laughs> explain the special snowflake, and then you can explain how you fit into that. Okay, sure. You might not be the exact definition of it, but you know. Okay. So the special snowflake is basically the person like often there's a normal way of playing the game uh-huh. and like the general like a general meta to it, mm-hmm. and the special snowflake not only is not interested in it but they actively go the opposite direction, or they just come up with it, like they want to come up they want not that they do by accident they want to come up with a new way of working within whatever system there is. So if there's like a typical like good build for an army like a net deck or whatever they're like no 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 gonna take something else or like oh these things all there's okay this is this is different but like they want to take all one particular look for the army or just come up with like a theme for it yeah they so will they'll yeah. go with that although they'll go with the, they don't want to look like everybody else they want mm-hmm. to be special they want to show off that there's they're they're their own person that's so different and independent and they think so differently mm-hmm. they're their own beautiful special snowflake. and sometimes they won't even admit they're like no no, no this thing is totally good and you're just like no but there's this other thing that's the exact same unit for half the point cost. And they're like, why don't you take oh, that? And they're like, oh. yeah, but everybody takes that. Yeah, then, then they have to admit. <laughs> then they have to admit what they're really doing once you once you push them. And when, of course, when I said they, this is all talking about me. You could replace it with I. Yeah, I but, I totally but, do but, that. I hate doing the, the same thing as everyone else. This mm-hmm. is like, it's terrible. Like totally in my head I, I feel like it it has to be my own special expression and of course we're, we're literally painting miniatures that someone else like made in a rule set that someone else made everyone else like the, the rules designers and everything made all these kind of things mm-hmm. and you're just playing in it but even in that context you have to play the one that is the most different That's and a- by again you I mean me I-, I have a little bit of it if everybody plays one army I'm like I'm out yeah, but like, to a certain boring. extent. Yeah, exactly. It's because it's boring to mm-hmm. constantly play. Yeah, but which for everyone at some a, level, yeah. when you if you do if everybody does the exact same thing, so it's get but boring. It, but again, but. it's just repetition, right? Mm-hmm. But it's different if you're a special snowflake. It's that you. It's not that. It's boring, which it can be, right? And and, and you can err on being more of a special snowflake because you're easily bored. Mm-hmm. But it's that. You want to do something different. You want to be different than everyone else, right? Mm-hmm. And so it's about the difference and being independent. Like, 
if nobody ever uses your army, you could use the same army forever. And you would think if you're playing the same army forever, that would be boring. But no, that's so different than anyone else, everyone else's. That's what the super you get special a, snowflake. You get your does. kick out of that, so it doesn't matter. Yeah, you get your kick. Like some people get excited when they when you they win a big tournament, mm-hmm. and then special snowflake gets a kick when when somebody walks up and they're like, "Wow, that's different. What's that?" Uh-huh. Of that? It's like, can, can you even win with that? Whoa. <laughs> yeah. Um, or you're, you take that model? Does how does it like perform? You're like, no. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm the only one that does it, and uh-huh. that makes it, it it great. And so, so here's the thing: I don't think there's anything wrong with wanting to do something different or 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 special, you could say, or, or be independent and have your own thing. But again, it's about priorities, right? Everyone wants to win, right? And every and and oh, the biggest issue. Here's here's the biggest issues that I have, right? I'll just explain it in my context. I'm gonna change from okay, the that, snowflake. Then, then, I'll, then for me, then, then I'll bring up the issue of what other people have with the snowflake. So yes, go yeah, do that okay. part first. So, um, here's a problem that I will often have. I want to have. I have two things that I like, right? I like buying models that look cool. I also want to have them be special and different. And, and I, I would rather prefer them if they looked different than all the other models and I chose models that other people didn't choose, right? So they're like mine, they're so you, special, right? So would you say you do a lot of conversions because of that? Uh, often not, but this this I've, I've been less of a special snowflake recently, but oh, right. I, I used to try to make everything different <laughs> mm-hmm. and convert it, right? Uh, just so that it'd be different. But this is the exact same thing if you do a lot of conversions, right? Just to make it different. Sometimes... The model just looks great the way it is. Yep. So why are you converting something that's beautiful to make it just different, not look like anyone else's, if you're not making it look equally good mm-hmm. or better? So I would say you don't do that, but there's people out there who do. Yeah, they're like, this totally looks awesome. This is exactly what I want, except for the fact that everyone has it look like this. So I'm going to make my version of this model worse than everyone else's mm-hmm. just so it's different. And in some ways, you're punishing yourself by putting in work to ruin yeah, putting things. It, yeah, to ruin things mm-hmm. just so that you can be your special snowflake. Yeah. And it might be better for you if you just got over it, trying to make it super different and be like, "No, this is mine." And like, literally, you paint it, so you can literally just do a different paint job. And uh, don't convert it and ruin your model. Mm-hmm. In the same way, yeah. Like if you're doing a theme, yeah. that totally makes sense. But when it's not about the theme yeah. and it's just about being different. And you That's... know you're having a big problem if you have a model uh, that you really, really like, and you like the way it plays. And let's say you were you're lucky, right? Everyone didn't like this model, and uh, you really like the way it plays. And you start playing, and you're like, "Wow, actually, everyone was sleeping on this model. This model's actually like this. This unit is actually really good, right?" And you paint it, and you play it, and you feel super special because you're like, "Oh, I found out this new." different way to play this army right and then, then the problem is if everyone finds out and they're like you know what this unit is pretty good mm-hmm. i'm gonna play this unit too your meta changes and, and your like, meta no. changes and you're like no so here's the issue that's fine the if you walk if you away find... from that model that you loved mm-hmm. because everyone starts playing it mm-hmm. that's a problem 
Because literally, yeah. why did you like it so much before? Maybe <laughs> you liked how it was so cool looking or whatever, and then suddenly because everyone else uses it, you're like, nah, screw this model. I'm going to use this other model. That's a problem, right? Yep. You're giving up all this happiness you had before just to satisfy this this need to be special. Again, it's about priorities. Yep. All right, so, see, I know my problems. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, I guess the issue other people may have with that is that if they're looking to get that balance of like fun and competitive gaming, mm-hmm. that when someone shows up with the, the SO- meme force, yeah, with they show up with this meme that has, it's just not gonna win. <laughs> they're like, oh, you bastard! You didn't bring the you didn't bring the competitive interest part of this. Yeah, I mean, I'm you might, to you might be a fun guy cool to play game. against, yeah. but literally, I'm just there's no there's no game to be had. Yeah, so they'll it's, just curb stomp you. Like, you're bringing a, a list because you want to, to that is generally competitive, that generally will have a good game with most people, and the other person is bringing a list that is terrible. <laughs> and they're like, you're right. They're giving. They're only caring about their happiness to be special, and mm-hmm. not caring about the the other player who just wants you know wants a good game, mm-hmm. right? And of course, there's reasonableness on both sides. But if you're so concentrated on your special snowflake that you can't move a little bit on your end. To make the other person happy, that's a problem. Yeah, because right? often I'll come up with a theme for my army. So I'll take a couple of things that have nothing to do with how good the models are, mm-hmm. and then I'll fill the rest of the list out with yeah. things that play properly and form a proper army around those things, just so yeah. I can have my theme going on. Because I don't try to necessarily snowflake. If other people take it, I don't care. Yeah. But I want my theme for my damn army. <laughs> or every yeah. that particular list. Not the whole yeah, and, and oftentimes, you don't have to make your list totally terrible. This is one of those things. It's again, it's just about everyone coming towards the middle, right? Mm-hmm. Everyone wants to have fun. If you're the person that's constantly taking just so that you can be a snowflake and everyone has to play down to you uh, just to satisfy your ego yeah. <laughs> of being different, that's a problem. It's totally different if you just suck at the game. Mm-hmm. But if it's just to satisfy your, your special snowflake thing, get over yourself. Yep. All right. That's, I think that, that tells snowflakes what they need to hear. Yeah, it takes I'm one. still not gonna get over myself. I'm not gonna do what I want. But oh, I know that one. <laughs> that's why I'm a special snowflake. <laughs> I can help them, but uh, All right. whatever. So I named I named the snowflake. Do you, who who do you want to call out next? Um, <laughs> I just like this term. Um, I don't, and I think it's it's kind of relatively new. Um, in our circles, mm-hmm. it's the geek jock. I know that exists, but I wouldn't have just—I wouldn't have necessarily applied it to miniatures games. I would have applied it to like geekdom overall, yeah. which I think would have been a I different. Know, top. But it's also I would have applies to miniature gaming. Okay, because I would have—it's definitely more in, in other things. But as basically mm-hmm. geek culture has become more and more um, popular. Yep. More and more different and, and more acceptable in society. People that uh, wouldn't be part of the, our community are now becoming part of our community because they're like, oh, this is actually fun. I, I didn't know about this thing existed. And so hmm. uh, historically, uh, geeks and jocks have been mortal enemies, especially when they're younger. Mm-hmm. Um you could actually say it's more like a predator prey kind of thing. <laughs> yeah. 
But now that it's becoming more, you know, common for people to do these kind of things, um, there's this, it's not really a, a new strain. It's literally just like people that are from another realm entering yeah. this realm. I'll, yeah. Hmm. And so, um, again, this is one I, of those I, things I that I feel don't... like a lot of geeks are uncomfortable mm -hmm. with. Uh, the kind of jock mentality. So to say whether this even belongs in the categories, do you think it really, to determine that, I would say the question is, do you think it really affects how they play the game and how they interact with other people? The, you it definitely could, affects how people they interact with other people. Yes, it does. That's why we <laughs> label them as jocks, mm -hmm. right? Yep. So then, okay, so I wouldn't argue against that. You could call them a dude, bro. Yep, that, that's basically what yeah. I'm talking about. So, yeah, I would agree that it does affect how people interact in the group for sure. Yeah. Would you say, because all these other categories, I would mm -hmm. say, affect how they play the game when you're at the table. Would you say the, the part about them being a jock affects how they actually play the game, though? Because mm. I haven't met that many of them, so I'm not going to just say this for sure. I, I but I I, I feel so. for the few I've I met. So. I feel for the few I've met. I don't think it affects how Actually, they play the game either. The reason why uh -huh. I wanted to use this is I thought that it was a funny term, geek jock. Oh no! I think I think <coughs> on another podcast we should totally talk about like the the, the stereotypes in the wider gaming, the, the the changing dynamics of people who play games. Yeah, something like that, or just like the mm -hmm. the types of nerds out there that the geek jock is absolutely a type of like a type of geek out there uh -huh. but I don't think necessarily I would call it like a gamer stereotype just because I don't I feel like your stereotype of gamer has to affect how you play the game about the it, games in general yes alright I'm going to earmark this and we got to talk oh, about oh no we, we should definitely talk about is, this for future I love reference. this term and I love this idea mm -hmm. I think it's it's just amusing oh, yeah, but maybe it's not amusing to young people it's just for us when it was so heavily uh, segregated yeah. Uh, in terms of you know your personal interests and everything like that, mm -hmm. um, I would say interesting now that we're kind of in, I would in my the, opinion we're, we're definitely blending in those in those those kind of ideas. Yeah, oh, I hung around with some and, of those and, people when I played more hockey, yeah. but they would more play like Call of Duty, uh -huh. like their stereotype of like the gaming <laughs> they would do is the Call of Duty player. Oh yeah. But now yeah, they, now that there's more like internet connectivity. You might see them show up in gaming spaces. Yeah. But I just think because often I don't feel like they're. I, I feel like mm -hmm. actually this is more about. I don't actually think there's anything wrong with being a geek jock mm -hmm. or a nerd jock. Geek jock, geek jock, jock geek. I don't know. I gotta work on on what the best sounding ter term for it is. Yeah. I don't actually think there's anything wrong with being that type of person, right? Having that type of personality, mm -hmm. uh, assuming that you don't have all of the negative things that connotations that go around with with jock, like that negative stereotypes. Those. And I think those fall into a lot of the things we mentioned already, right? Over competitiveness and derisiveness and stuff like that. But you know, if you have the general jock mentality, like you have a general geek mentality, and you don't have negative stereotypes of being a geek, uh -huh. it's not actually bad, right? Again, we're, we're Generally, people try to have an inclusive uh, community, mm -hmm. right? So you need to be able to accept people from all different groups, ways of life, ways of acting, right? And I think it's more to do with the uh, geeks, especially if they've been picked on a lot mm -hmm. when they're younger, to just be more accepting in this kind of group, right? To people of all different things, right? So don't retaliate. 
yeah, and I guess I guess one of the things is especially like we said, like nerds are often like you know, shy guys and stuff like that. Um, they can feel like they're getting pushed out of their own group, mm-hmm. the own thing that is their own, and and I think sometimes you you. Yeah. <laughs> You just got to get over yourself, like, like I said before. In some uh-huh. ways, like, get it's not necessarily get over yourself, but like, concentrate more on the ideas of how alienation is not great, right? So you don't want to just because, let's say, this this jock or whatever, the person that's not necessarily in your group mm-hmm. uh, is entering your group. Instead, try to build bridges in in this kind of space where you share this kind of hobby, as opposed to try and segregate yourselves from these different things. Yeah. Okay, so we'll, we'll bring him back up at a later point, but yeah, yeah. I would I would leave him out of our gaming stereotypes. Oh, stop being so so like pushy on on how we're gonna keep these things in little things. We talked about that for like seven minutes. Some some good actual ideas in there. Yeah, right. well, it'll, it'll, I think it fits. All right. I think I proved it, Justin. <laughs> <laughs> I'd find the terms. All, All right. right, so you've you've brought up the the geek jock. The geek jock. Oh, these two look like they're close together, but I guess I will say the more definitive one mm-hmm. and then maybe bring the other one up later and see if it overlaps. Uh-huh. But I would give one category of gamer as like the the collector type where uh, they must have all the things. Like literally anything that comes out, uh-huh. they've pre-ordered it, anything they see they they must acquire it. They don't know. Oh my god. They don't have a reason. This is mostly a problem for the person that is the collector. <laughs> yeah. No, for everybody else around them, it's you're fine. really you're happy they're supporting the store and, you, and, and you're like oh my god I got to see this thing on the table that's cool because yeah. you're yeah. like I was never going to buy that but yeah. it is cool to see it but I think I think uh, being just a miniature gamer this is almost like goes with the territory that you have a little bit of this in you so I think I definitely have this in me and I think a lot of gamers do yeah the, the idea of, mm-hmm. of having miniatures that you, you, you assemble and paint up it kind of goes hand in hand with uh, okay. collecting yeah. Uh, so, yeah. So, yeah, I think of what attracts a lot of people to it is just that the things look cool and you're like, oh my god, it's so shiny, you have to have it. Yeah. Well, actually, no, not, it doesn't even have to be shiny. Literally, the collector, it doesn't even need to be shiny to them, I would say. If you're like it's the collector type, a new thing. it's just got to be, like, it's part of your army, so you must have it. It's got to be, yeah, something you've got to collect. It's or just like, thing. Or you've just, you've yeah. declared yourself the collector of Malifaux and uh-huh. you just. And you if give it comes yourself out, permission to get every single Malifaux model. <laughs> yeah. So I think a lot of us fall into this category, mm-hmm. and we've found ways of managing it. When you're young, it kind of manages itself. Because you have a bit of money, yeah. Yes, it's a self, self-managing self issue. Managing issue. But when you get older and you have less time and more money, mm-hmm. it becomes more of an issue where you don't have much time, and you have the money for it, and then yeah. you end up with all the things and you have nothing to do or with them or maybe you put all too much of your disposable income which actually that happens with kids too mm-hmm. you put too much of your money into this thing where it's unsustainable that yep. can also be a problem yeah, it especially can if you a- have access to debt oh yeah that credit card thing <laughs> and, and if you declare yourself a collector of like several games you're really oh you're asking you can for start, it, yeah. you, you can really get into it can it. become an addiction basically yeah. so right? you get that dopamine mm-hmm. hit of buying something new so once once you've seen that you have that issue I don't Nobody usually fixes the problem until they realize they have a problem. They don't see other people's problems uh-huh. for this often. They're just like, oh, yeah, I have this problem. And I found I managed to fix it by just being like, okay, I don't play 
all the armies in this game. Mm-hmm. I don't even like. I play this subsection of different armies. Yeah, set boundaries. If you just, try to stick with them. Exactly. Yeah, if you give your, if you have this problem, you're seeing you're having mm-hmm. this problem. You gotta step in and and, and police yourself. Yep, we can. I guess that goes for lots of yeah. things. Like I think we talked yeah. about this as as well in general. I don't think how you you deal with addictions. Yeah. I don't yeah, think we talked about addictions. We, no, we did talk about. Uh-huh. We have talked about. Um, oh, pairing your collection. Like yeah, paring down your collection, uh-huh. having an entire closet of models that you haven't painted. Right. A closet. And, I have more than one closet in my apartment. Uh, and I have my half, closet and all of these boxes and rows. Yeah. Half of one closet has clothing. The other yeah, and the storage space uh-huh. with extra stuff, yeah. Oh, yeah, my, my 10-foot deep storage space. Yeah. There's only a few minis in there. <laughs> anyway, so, yeah, basically, since we already covered that topic, the collector base... Yeah. There's a bit of a collector on all of us, yeah. I would say, because that's just what draws you to the hobby, but mm-hmm. just set boundaries. But it's cool to be a collector. Like, when you meet other people who have the whole, like, the range. whole of a certain range of something, yeah. it's really cool to see. Especially if it's painted. Paint yeah. your minis. Yes, exactly. <laughs> if you're not painting the whole thing, if you don't plan on painting the whole thing, don't buy it. All right. Yeah, that, that's definitely... So do you want me to name the other one that's similar to that before we move on? Okay, sure. I don't think this is a good name for it. You might want to rename this, uh-huh. but you might call him the Jack of All tra- of all Trades or the Jack of All Games, where they just okay. try to play every game out there. So I think that's a bit different I'm than the collector. Sure that's a stereotype. No. I find that there's a lot of gamers out there who never try to really get into one game. Okay, I, they just I see they what bounce you're back and forth between all sorts of games. Oh, as okay. As their gamer style. So it's their, their It's not that they're a jack of all trades. Mm-hmm. It's that I think, that I, they're basically they they're goldfish. Yeah, that that could be a good name for them. It, yeah, it's the gaming goldfish. Mm-hmm. So the ADD goldfish. <laughs> Yeah, I didn't want to say it because that's no, actually it's, it's a, not quite right. No disorder. It's, so like yeah. gaming goldfish, because every single time a new shiny gets out, comes mm-hmm. out, they gotta go and chase it. They and swim they towards it. Like, Ooh, yeah. what's this? And then they forget about it immediately when another shiny thing comes over, and then they go, oh, what's this? And and, mm-hmm. and they're just constantly going from one thing to another. So they'll come and join so, your gaming group for three yeah. sessions, and then they'll like run off somewhere beer, else. Yeah, and do something. Mm-hmm. And and that's true. Actually, it becomes an issue if you are the gaming goldfish because. Oftentimes, each of these games, especially in, in miniature gaming, is very they're they're deep communities, right? There's a lot of time that you sink in into them, um, and so and it takes a lot of time to like paint an army, especially if it's like a big army of like 50 models, or if you're playing Warhammer, a hundred or more. Yeah. Um, so you have to put so much time and effort if you're constantly bouncing from game to game. You might not even play the games that you're painting models for. Yeah, right? and, and to just learn the rule sets as well. Like, yeah. Sure, you can spend a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's basically, you don't even learn the rule sets that you played the game for. You yeah. Don't you, you don't get the full reward yeah. of learning what goes yeah. into like what the game is really about. Yeah. And you keep, don't get to have like that really competitive. Like, you don't get to have really. Like tight games with people just because you're like I don't really know what's going on yeah so. and then the other issue uh, is it's bad for gaming groups too because if you have too many it's bad for you goal, for mm-hmm. the gaming groups because uh, you if, if your community is not like a general gaming community mm-hmm. um, you won't necessarily get the bonds of like sticking around with a group that builds over time of just like finding some some mates that you can go and play games with all the time right like if you keep on going and playing with the same person you kind of you know you become friends 
Yeah. But if you're constantly bouncing from game to game and have to find a different group for every single one, you just have a bunch of acquaintances. Yep, exactly. If you don't see those people on a regular yeah. basis, it's hard to hard to do that. Yeah. And if like you have a small group and a whole bunch of the goldfish come swim into your gaming group, uh-huh. and then they're like, oh, time to swim off. But like you're kind of getting to be friends with them. You're like, oh, maybe some of us should like go and play the next thing they're enthusiastic about. Oh, they chase people away from they they drag people with them. Yes, but then, oh, but then, terrible. but then they don't actually go and form and a new group. And they're pied pipers. Oh, terrible. Yes, they don't necessarily have to. Goldfish. Or dangerous. <laughs> you could call them the. Yeah, it, it starts off as being a goldfish, but then they turn into. Yep. The, pied piper. So, yeah, I mean, there's nothing wrong with like trying other games, but yeah, the problem is think. if your gaming group isn't so solidified and isn't large enough that you end up going off into something else and then once they get bored of that thing once they've dragged you over to the other thing and then they disband now they've just left you a, a bunch of your people out in the ether yeah and it's, yeah it's, it can be terrible for communities it's true if there's well yeah if so you're constantly searching yeah. but there are, are certain groups like I said that they're, they're literally like general gaming group groups right yeah so, so try if you are a goldfish and you can't stick with one game. Mm-hmm. Try and do that. Try and find a group of other goldfish, of other goldfish, and bounce around from game to game, and mm-hmm. like play one or two games, and then move on to the next thing. And I would suggest playing games that are smaller scaled, smaller or or just generic in terms of miniatures. Mm-hmm. You can use yep. the same miniatures uh, for for a whole bunch of different games. And this is specifically for gaming. Oftentimes, a gaming goldfish is is driven by the different miniatures and, yep. very, and in that case you definitely want to tr- do a small band so that you can actually finish one band before you move on to the next one yeah and try not to get into too many kickstarters because then it's even harder to bring other people into the group cause, yeah, cause how do they even get the product yeah so okay so the so the goldfish is different than the the collector yeah i'd say so okay because the collector right. more sticks with one game all right all right, all right i just did two you want to go for one all right so we're getting in on an hour, so I think we've got to wrap this up. Mm-hmm. So do I want to go with a positive one? or i got to mention this this one that we haven't mentioned yet. The Rage Quitter. Mm, yes. Oh, my God. So this is actually kind of related so this is to the diff- Try Hard. And, and it's kind of almost like the Eeyore, too, to a certain extent. Yeah. Yeah. So basically, they easily get a... So like the Eeyore, mm-hmm. it, it takes one thing for them to fly... Like, unlike the Eeyore who just gets sad, yeah. right, which you feel sympathetic to, mm-hmm. uh, the Rage Quitter gets mad. Over anything. Like, if you make some small accident, they get yeah. mad. If something goes wrong with them, they get mad. Yeah. If anything doesn't go their way. This is almost the most toxic mm-hmm. person you can have in a game that is not just, like, that doesn't just have a terrible personality. Although you could say that being a Rage Quitter make, means your personality is... You really need to work on yourself. But... Yeah, this is terrible. I'm, I'm trying to think if I even want to help this person. <laughs> what if they can't? Well, it, here, here's the thing. Oftentimes, rage quitters they just can't control their anger. Yeah. Right. The issue with helping someone or, or having this type of person in your group is it's really hard to help someone who can't control their anger. It takes a lot of effort and patience, yeah. and I'm not sure if I want to put in all that work. With someone who is not my friend or not my family member, and not good even for, my friends, I'd just yeah. be like, I would would generally just not become friends with someone who can't control their anger. 
Yep. But I would definitely like if they're my family, then I would. Then that's that. To me, like if you're a rage quitter, like you get angry too easily. You haven't figured out how to mm-hmm. control your emotions. Get angry over little things. Blame people for problems. And maybe hopefully after you calm down, you kind of realize you you flew off the handle a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um. If those people can acknowledge that they have the problem, I can put up. There's definitely a first step, but like but. Even, even then, it's it's the kind of thing like it is one of the most like damaging for a gaming group, mm-hmm. right? To have someone who's constantly getting angry at other people and pissing other people off, right? Yep. And then if you're angry, you you generally can't keep a cool head, so you don't you can't deal it with if tempers flare with another person, right? If like two people even. Like get angry, then things can blow up. Yeah, but crazy, those people right? don't even have the situation. They make other situations worse. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, um, if you have anger management issues, it's not the end of the world. Um, but you need to work <laughs> work on on it, right? Yeah. And like I said, I don't think it's the gaming groups. Like a lot of these other things, we talked about how as a gaming group, you can help these people, or you can help these things, or if you are that person, you can help yourself. Um, or or your your community can you know support you. Mm-hmm. I'm the, just the rage quitter is so toxic for the everyday kind of play. It's very hard to work it out. Yeah. So they're right? way less common. You than- basically mm-hmm. need I don't know either counseling or like your friends or whatever just kind of to help you, right? Yep. Um, and and putting on random people. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Like, the, they don't this, know you enough to help you. Yeah. Exactly. This is the thing <laughs> where you need your family to to step in and help you out. Yeah. So, if you have a problem, told, you should definitely work on it. This, if you have rage, like anger issues, this is not only going to affect goes, you. It goes gaming. beyond friendship and gaming. <laughs> it, yeah, it goes way beyond gaming. It'll, uh-huh. it'll affect your life in so many different ways, and yes. you really need to work on it. But I would, fortunately, I I would say this doesn't occur like nearly as much as the your personality, just because of mm-hmm. the nature of gaming. Well, it's also the nature it, of society. Everyone shuns the like yes, the rage, someone that ranges a but, lot. So if you if you have a problem with that when you're younger, you're you're usually confronted with a lot, mm-hmm. and so you a lot of people just learn. You know, most people learn how to deal with it. Everyone has anger yes. things, and and you can say, at one point in your life, you would get angry at way too much stuff. Maybe it's because of I don't know your really young you have you don't know better or maybe that's how you're raging hormones going through your body as a teenager or the unfortunate people that just have families like that that yeah don't don't control it within their families yeah and yeah but just i would say with the nature of miniature gaming that requires a lot of patience just to arrive at the board Mm -hmm. you've got to like deal with building all these minis you've got to have like a Mm long-term plan to get the whole army together Mm -hmm. you've got to put effort into reading rules so it doesn't attract like it doesn't have the instant gratification I'm not sure that's true at all no okay yeah maybe maybe it is that the rage quitter just makes a big splash when they're there so you see it a lot I I could see them definitely if we're talking about magic cards or something where you can where you can like yeah I don't know why there's a lot of raging I think there's certain games though that exacerbate it right like if you have a game that's much more relaxed Mm -hmm. right a lot of the times where Rage Quitter has an issue of, you know, tying, like we talked about before with all these other issues, tying up too much of their, their, their self. Their self-worth into. Into the game mm-hmm. or or on, or just focusing only on winning yep. so much that they, they forget that the reason why they're playing the game is to have fun. Mm-hmm. 
So, yeah. Yeah, well, that's enough about them. <laughs> so, yeah, depending on your game, you like, if, if you have a tendency so, yes. to get upset, you can also choose games, right? Mm-hmm. Obviously, I'm... you should definitely work on it, right? Don't get... You change... Yeah, there's so many different ways you can work on it. But you can also change change it. Like, I feel like a lot of people, when they get super competitive, they're, they're liable to get these bad sides of them to come out. Mm-hmm. So try to change to a game that is more relaxed, right? So yep. help yourself help yourself by it's, choosing the games that are less likely to trigger that kind of mindset in you. Mm-hmm. By choosing relaxing games, games that are less competitive, right? Games that are more focused on fun to help remind you, yeah, this game is just for fun. Mm-hmm. Right? Don't take it so seriously. Exactly. That comes into the creating boundaries thing yeah. as well. So, so mm-hmm. if you have a game that is super competitive about winning, right? Like War Machine or something like that. Yep. Even though it might seem super attractive, especially if you're the super hyper-competitive person, mm-hmm. maybe that's actually not the game you should be playing yep. because it's feeding the worst part of yourself. Mm-hmm. And you know, you, it's just sad. You you just can't pick up that game. You got to pick up a different game and see all those other people who can control their anger play War Machine. Yep. <laughs> As if that was actually true, but <laughs> yes. Actually, there's a lot. There's a lot of really cool people playing who play War Machine, and I feel like were. I would say were. Well, yeah, that's right. War Machine is not really, doing so well. If anymore. they were really cool, they would have moved on. <laughs> all right. All right, I think we have time for one one more just to wrap things up. Okay. All right, you, you go uh, for it. No, 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 no. I was, I was gonna go for like a neutral, and you want to finish on the positive. Shall we finish on the positive? Nah, I'll just do the neutral one. The the, the positive one wasn't very good, anyways. Oh, okay. So literally, we only have one yeah, positive. Very, very. <laughs> this is all about it's all about gamer therapy, really, now, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. I was going to go for the Pretty Princess Gamer. Pretty Princess, I like that. So I've it just has gi- alliteration. I've just given the like stereotype name. I don't even know what Pretty Princess is. So oh, okay. So this, this maybe this isn't a very good name then. I would say it's I just like Pretty Princess. That has alliteration. It sounds good. Oh, thank you. I would say it's just the person who's out to put cool looking shit on the table, and they literally almost care about nothing else. Oh, I love this. Oh. Pretty Princesses are great. Oh, okay. So, but. Like, there's not that many of them, but some people are just like, man, I painted this shit to, like, gold standard for everything. Uh-huh. And But they're like, oh, I don't play this game very often, but, like, uh-huh. like the base work but, is amazing. Well, I just finished this model, so I need to show it to a whole bunch of people. Yeah, that too. It's yeah. basically like, they like painting shit and making it look cool, and they're just like, oh, I'm just going to put this on the table. Yeah. And they're usually not the best players. They're usually not the worst players either, because they're willing to put in, like, a lot of effort, mm-hmm. so they're usually not that lazy. They're often the worst players. Okay, they're often the worst players, but but they don't usually they don't usually <laughs> get upset about it because they're just like I put my cool shit on the table. That's true. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So, I would say that's a category of miniature. This is the gamer. gamer. If you want to have a problem, like a problem stereotype, this is the one you should be. <laughs> but I would also say it sort of it fits into the category. It almost has the same problems as the special snowflake because uh-huh. you're. You're not bringing the full aspect of gaming to the table for mm. like to so have. So sometimes you'll let you'll let people down because even though you have a full army, if they 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 also want to play a decent game, right? Mm-hmm. So it's great that you you know it's I think most people like to play against models that are beautiful, right? Oh, yeah. Because that's in, that's a huge that's a huge portion of the game. Mm-hmm. Uh, but if you want to be the person that you know shows off your model to a bunch of gamers, all your cool stuff, right? Uh, and shows off your pretty army. Um, 
spend a little bit of time to actually know the rules of the game. <laughs> and, yep. and, you know, like, just put in that extra thing. And if you don't want to do any of that, you can just be a painter. Although, honestly, I wouldn't want to do that, even if I only cared about painting, because it can be lonely. Yep. Because if we talk about, like, shy guys, like, mm -hmm. people that only concentrate on the painting portion, um, it's, like, extra lonely. Yes. Because... You can uh, post your thing yeah. to a message board with a bunch of people who don't care about you and get some comments. Well, you might have three people. or four, but oftentimes yeah. you, you don't know the type people, of people that matter. are just posting on the thing. Yeah, so exactly. if you if you, maybe that's part of the problem is that these pretty princesses, they actually don't care about the, the, the gaming often, mm -hmm. right? And they just care about the miniatures and, and having a cool thing and oftentimes just making it cool. And, uh, and they're oftentimes the story of the game matter, matters more than the actual game. So they care about the art. Mm-hmm. Like the, the art of like the, mini, the, the miniatures, right? Yep. The painting. I was actually going to name another category of the lore master, but mm -hmm. I find that they usually fit into some other category more. Mm -hmm. But often there's people who will like go on for hours about the lore. Mm -hmm. But I would say they also some. I, that, that's not that may yeah. not even affect how they play the game. Just like how we dismiss yeah. the other one, the lore master probably doesn't. Well, it may affect like if they're a pretty princess. If they're a lore master as well, it's going to affect how they paint their own special like snowflake lore master. Yes, exactly. Yeah. But. So so yeah, that's the thing. And the same. Th I often. So how how would you help a pretty princess? So bring their uh, I don't know help help deal with players who uh, want to actually have a, a fun game so, except that they don't know how to play. So I find one of the biggest problems with pretty princesses mm -hmm. is that they keep bringing the same army over and over because mm -hmm. it takes them a long time. I totally wouldn't know this problem because okay. I totally don't suffer from any of this uh -huh. to get an army painted. Like it may uh -huh. take them years to get an army painted. Uh -huh. So because of that, they keep having to bring the same army back over and over. Uh -huh. And because they're into it for the painting, they may be painting some other game for several years to get that one army on the table. Uh -huh. But they keep, keep bringing the same army back to the table, which makes it boring for their opponents. Mm -hmm. So if they maybe put more effort into like not just trying to do lots of different games but put like effort into more of the one army in uh -huh. one game yeah. to keep switching it around a little uh -huh. or like we're willing to paint down for some armies oh like have an entire like have armies that just aren't well painted just for sheer like yeah the problem is you're a pretty princess you can't deal with that no, you gotta be you. pretty mm -hmm. I was gonna say another issue another thing you can do is have proxies that, that you have someone else paint Oh, so it's not even your you're like, so you're like I didn't not my fault. Yeah, yeah exactly. Painting, not my fault. Like, and eventually I'm mm -hmm. going to have my own beautiful army, it's gonna be done. But for now I'm mm -hmm. playing with this, I've got someone else to paint it or whatever. Yeah. Just do it. Yes. So I had to name and you, that. Mm -hmm. And if you are the kind of pretty princess that or I don't know if this is even considered pretty princess. The person that is like, Oh, everything has to be beautiful, so but I wanna play with all these models, so then you end up having a silver army. Please don't do that. No, I don't find pretty princesses do that. They won't. Okay. They only, they That's won't another show group. Up. They won't even show up at the game store. Oh, uh, okay. <laughs> so, yes, I think I fall That's slightly. another group. Mm -hmm. Don't do that. Paint your models. Yes. So, I think I fall slightly into that category because my current army... Yeah, but you're not you don't bring silver armies. Oh, no, no, no. Because pretty, you're afraid you, you don't want to... But the pretty princess doesn't bring silver armies, I would say. It just doesn't show up. Yeah, they just won't show up. <laughs> Fair enough. You know what? I love this pretty princess. Uh -huh. I hope. I wish we had more pretty princesses. I do, too. And do we, would you say... Yeah, yeah. I know I suffer from this because I've been painting the <laughs> army I'm working on now for models I bought. You've just been painting for a long time, so you actually got the three years to paint your army to put it on the table. And we're playing now much smaller smaller forces, so it's easier to it's actually only, play them. I've only been painting the thing I'm working on for a year and a half to, 
to put it on the table now <laughs> for a skirmish game. I don't have a problem. Yeah, well, uh, luckily you had these other other armies that were painted, so you could play them instead. In another year, yeah. yeah. In previous years. Yes. Yeah. All right. So I think that, you know what, Pretty Princess, we are like, we love these people. Be more Pretty Princess. Mm-hmm. Although be okay with, with having a mediocre army that you play that you that is not your showcase army. Yes. As you showcase your army, have like a whatever. And oftentimes, have a it's just army. fun. Yeah, mm-hmm. a workhorse army. And be like, this is not my Pretty Princess. This is when I'm like moonlighting as the pauper. Right? Mm-hmm. I'm going out there and I'm, I'm slumming it. But trust me, I have my Pretty Princess outfit. It's in the back. It's coming. I'm just putting the finishing touches. Be like that. Yep. All right. Well, we've we've gone through a lot of different stereotypes. Yeah. Most of them. So I think most all, of them. All, yeah. Almost, all of them we all relate to a little bit. And all, as those people. Yes. And, <laughs> and all, yeah. And they all kind of need to learn to a set boundaries to keep things enjoyable for Ever. for their, for everyone in the group. Yeah. Yeah, I think the and biggest so they don't issues harm is just like mm-hmm. can, all the issues with these things. Generally, they can be solved with with boundaries and moderation, and moderation, and also caring about the people around you. Yeah, just being aware of yeah the other people you're playing with and what they're interested in. Yeah, basically to keep that like highest priority. To mm-hmm. understand it's about fun and friendship. Yes. <laughs> All right. Well, if you want to like name some more types of miniature gamer stereotypes that like affect how they actually play on the board, because there's lots of there's lots of stereotypes for gamers. Yeah. You don't have to talk about how they smell as a category. We avoided yeah. that. Yeah, we, we're we, talking about like how it affects we almost the game experience. Well, actually, that could affect the game experience. I, no. <laughs> yeah, we almost but, we almost avoided talking about it, but that's a freebie. Yes, it is. All right. Yeah, if you have any of those, yeah, come and give us a shout. Find us on Facebook. We'd love to stereotype different communities. Or not communities. Not communities. I meant no. different archetypes. Exactly. All right. Uh, this is being Alan. Yeah, it's been Brandon. All right, one more thing. So if you enjoyed that podcast and want to listen to more, you can find them over at DiceOverEverything.com or uh, on your favorite podcast app. And if you want to leave a comment, message, or ideas for like more podcasts from yeah, us. Or just get in touch with us. At Facebook and look for Dice Over Everything there. All right. Bye. Bye.